it started. I'm off. I'm only 20k in, but I've just pulled over to take my rain jacket off. Pretty cold, it's about nine degrees and raining. But the weather gods work in weird and mysterious and wonderful ways. You know, the only day that I'm actually heading a little bit south, I've got a massive northerly wind, so pumping right behind me. If this wind goes away the next few days, I've got it right, you know? So what an amazing way to start. Rainy, cold, but a nice big tailwind. Slightly downhill from Lansfield as well. I'm happy to be on the road, actually. All the little things getting ready and everything. My mind was racing, but I'm only in the beginning. Let's just keep going. Well, that of course was the episode that I did last week, my road to the world, a big episode, the journey to the world championships, a bikepacking trip, if you will, just my story on the road, you know, doing a thousand K on my own and meeting people along the way. Go and listen to that if you haven't already heard it. I've had a great response from that, from everyone who listened, they enjoyed it. I wasn't sure if everyone would enjoy hearing me babble away the whole way up to Sydney. But we got a break with speaking to all the people who came out and met me along the way, plus the talk about beer and, of course, the weather. The weather gods, they were on my side. That was last week's episode, the last episode of Life in the Peloton for this season. This is, of course, Talking Luft, and we're back. The last episode for this year, and I've got a cracker. I've got Luke Rowe for us this week. If you don't know Luke Rowe, he's from Wales in the UK. He's been riding with Team Sky ever since he turned pro, since 2012, right up until today, well, with Team Ineos, that it is known as now. He was a guy that I used to rub shoulders with in the peloton because we sort of crossed paths a little bit. He's a classic specialist. He's a road captain. He's a guy who loves the crosswinds. They're all the things that I love to do too. So most often than not, we're at the same part in the peloton at the same time not agreeing with each other all the time because we both wanted to do the same job. But he's a great guy to talk to. He was the second episode I ever did on Life in the Peloton. Way back in the beginning, I had Luke Durbridge and the next episode I did was Luke Rowe. So all those years ago, about six years ago, I had Luke on and now I've got him back for talking law finally. We caught up at the World Championships just before the road race and did a little talking luft. I've got a little bit of stuff to get through just before we get to the episode because it is the last episode this year. You won't hear from me until we get back at the Tour Down Under next year. We've got some exciting new merch collection coming out. Keep your eyes out on the website. That's something we've been working away at, Lara and I. We've got a new distributor. We've been trying to get the collection together and that is just about to be dropped and check it out on the social media. You'll see it on Instagram, of course, and on the email. If you're not a subscriber and you want to hear about that, make sure you get across to lifeinthepeloton.com and subscribe because you will see when that merch comes out and you want to get your hands on the new stuff. I can tell you it's much better quality and it looks cool too, of course, with our logo all over it. Our caps are back in stock. The Talking Luft cap, the original Life in the Peloton cap, and the Roubaix Special Edition. In case you miss them, get across the website and grab yourself one of them. Criminal if you don't have one of them and you're a Life in the Peloton fan. I've seen many out there and I want to see everyone wearing one of those caps. 
It's just a reminder, if you have missed an episode this year, go back and have a listen. All the episodes are pretty much timeless. You can listen to them at any point of the year, and they're not sort of checking in about race results or anything like that. They're all stories. Go back and have a listen to the catalogue. I felt this season was awesome. I wasn't sure how we're going to do it this year, Life in the Peloton, and I'm not being in the world to a Peloton. It sort of worked, exploring all these other Pelotons. I had such fun doing it this year. It brought a new love to the podcast for me. I met so many great people on these journeys, going to these different events, but of course, touching back in with the World Tour and hearing how ridiculous it is in the World Tour now. Thank God I'm not racing anymore in that because it has just gone up another level of course, you can hear that on all the normal podcast platforms, but if you have missed it, get across to the website. It's a new website. We're playing all the episodes from the website as well. That's lifeinthepelzon.com. Go and check out the episodes there. I love hearing from you guys. So if you haven't left a comment somewhere, send me a message, send me an email, leave a comment on an episode. Give me a suggestion about people you want to hear from or questions you want to hear on Talking Luft or whatever it is. I love hearing from you guys. Get in, write to me, let me know what you think, and I'll try and make it happen. Before we get to the episode, this podcast this year has been brought to you by Rafa. Our proud partner for 2022 has been Rafa, and it has been awesome working with them. You've heard me talk about it week in, week out, whether it was about the kit, whether it was about the Rafa Cycling Club, the RCC, or whether it was just about the Rafa community. I've loved working in all aspects and it's been the perfect step for me post-career to step into. This family, I'm gonna use that word because you know we use that loosely, but it really is like a family. I've really enjoyed it back here in Australia. When I traveled over to Copenhagen, I was welcomed in. Wherever I go, I feel like there is this really warm community involved and that's what they're trying to create. This love for cycling, wherever you go, you're accepted. That's what the RCC is and of course the kit. Say no more, you know how much I love kit. I'm not gonna go on about it. They do make some pretty, pretty good kit. So it has been awesome having them on board as well as all that stuff, but helping me to collaborate with the podcast this year. I hope you guys have really enjoyed their involvement with Life in the Peloton this year. Guys, I'm gonna bring you Luke Rowe, sit back for the last Talking Luft of 2022. All right, we're out in barrel. Here we are. This is Talking Luft with none other than Luke Rowe, the guy who was at the very beginning of Life in the Peloton, the second episode behind Luke Durbridge. I had another Luke, Luke Rowe. Welcome, Rowie. Back to the pod many, many years later. Yeah, one of the OGs. I started this all off, eh? Many moons ago. Sun Tour 2016, maybe, yeah. Six years ago, eh? Um, yeah, thanks for having me. Here we are. You've got your own pod now? Yeah. What's occurring? <clears throat> What's occurring? Me and G started that off three, four years ago now. But uh, we've been a bit slow recently, but we got a few few in the pipe work. We're not as organized or professional as yourself, Mitch, but we're getting there. Do you enjoy doing the pods? I do, I do. Because for us, it's simple. There's a guy who cuts it and does all that, but... There's not much to do. We press start, we don't do any prep, and we press stop, and we send it out. There's not, um, there's no editing cut in. It pretty much just goes out raw. Yeah. And um, it is what it is, quite unscheduled, just a uh, bit loose. So, um, no, I do enjoy them, yeah. Well, let's see if you enjoy this. This is Talking Loft. 
So this is a different, a little bit different style. This is all about style, your rituals, and there's this year I've broken it down. Well, anyway, for pros, I've broken it down into five topics. Okay. You got style and clothing, few questions, food, rituals, culture, and a little bit about you. Radio. You ready? I'm ready. Hit me. Let's do it. The first question is Capolinos, caskets, little mini cycling caps. What's your style when you've got it on without a helmet? When you go into the podium? Do you wear it forwards, backwards, bit of luft? Do you have it no luft, skull cap down, swimming cap style? What is your style? First of all, the first mistake you made there, as you said, when you go to the podium. Um, it's been a while since I've uh, taken a trip to the podium, but you've kindly given me one here. And I'd go facing forwards, peak up, very small amount of luft. Not, not the same amount as you had, but um, a little bit of luft. Okay, I like it. If you could have raced back in the day... Without a helmet, back in the 90s, what would you have styled been? Would it have been a snag helmet, like a leather helmet? Would it have been, you know, a headband, cap potentially? Hair? Maybe no, just the hair? No, I'd have gone. I've actually, I'd have cut the top. I've used a traditional cap like this with the cut with the top cut off. Taffy style. Uh, taffy style. Have quite long hair. Bit flaring out the top with a half mullet at the back. Oh. Yeah. And then... Uh, yeah, nice pair of glasses on top. Maybe a pair of Bricos or something. <laughs> You've actually delved into the to the mullets a little bit. You know, just a little tiny one. Yeah, I mean, nothing, again, an amateur compared to what you've got going on there. But um, yeah, I did try and rock a mullet for a bit, but uh, it was like a 12, it was like a monthly, sorry, a yearly cycle. I'd always try and like get it for the classics. So my prep would start like mid-summer after the tour mm. and I wouldn't have a haircut until after the classics. Then I'd shave it so I'd be cool for the summer. And it was like, I pretty much had one haircut a year and I just let it grow right the way through and then get rid of it after the classics. So it's a more lazy man's mullet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I did like the look of a mullet. I, yeah. I Yeah, my missus hated it. She said, oh, you look like a gypsy. She hated it, but um, yeah, married, so she stuck with me, so it doesn't matter. Well, that's probably why you don't have a mullet because at the end of the day, you know, you're not going to overrule that, are you? Happy wife, happy life, eh? Yep. Arm warmers, over or under your sleeves? Under. I mean, no debate. What so, about when you pull your arm warmers down on the stage and it gets cold again? What are you doing? You pulling the sleeves back up, you rolling them up, then you slipping them back under? No, I think, uh, yeah, you throwing a spanner in the works there. Under, when you pull them down, they're going back over the top, <laughs> okay. aren't they? For pure simplicity factor. What about gloves or no gloves? I'm generally a guy who would try and race with as little kit as possible. It's something I've always tried to do. I think any more kit than is necessary mm. is just uh, kind of weighing you down, flapping around. You see guys starting, you know, you've seen it like someone starting a one-day classic just hugely overdressed because it, you know, traditionally you wear loads of clothes, mm. take a layer off, take a layer off. It's, it was, you know, the Italians always used to do it in the worlds, didn't they? You know, rugged up yeah. for the first few laps. But I try to race and as, be as minimalistic as possible with my kit. So I'd, unless it's, pretty cold i'd opt for no gloves no gloves even like i'm talking about short finger gloves mitts always yeah mitts, mitts. Always that's what mitts. i was talking about sorry ah, sorry mitts. okay mitts always yeah um, right. okay not every day in training but in the summer i'd even train in mitts because your hands yeah. get sweaty yeah hands slip off the bars i like the comfort of them so 90 percent of the time I'm in mitts and in a race 100% of the time do you miss so you just brought it up do you miss the old times when you used to see like you know, for us anyway, the old times, Tom Boonen 
be single file in the classics at the start, hard tour of Flanders. You yeah. see him just slip out of the line and slowly pull his leg warmers off. And you're like, are we not going hard? And just, it was more yeah. like a, I almost think it was more like an intimidation technique. These guys were like, I haven't been going hard yet. Now I'm just going to strip it off and it's time to race. Yeah. Yeah. I know there was something classy about it. Yeah. And a similar point of view, you'd be going up a, like a climb and I'd be thinking, right, oh, this is pretty solid here early on the race, you know, mm. like you're not full gas, but you're thinking, I don't want to stop. And like an Italian, a big Italian rider would just pull over and stop for a piss, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, I hate it. You know, like they're not even trying. Similar thing, intimidation. It's got to be intimidation because there's no way they were doing it that easy. No, no, no. no. Yeah. So yeah, it, well, there was something classy about it, but I think now we've got to the point where the sport's so, so hard, you don't want to give away an inch, you know? Glasses under or over the helmet strap? Over. There's, yeah, there's no there's, debate. There's, yeah, simple. Leg warmers, socks or under? Over or under the leg warmers? Socks, under, mm. leg warmers. Again, always just simple, nip it in the bud. Race suit or Nixon jersey? Uh, race suit. Mm. Um, simply, I think it's it's more it's more comfortable. Is it? Is. Yeah, I think if you get a good race suit, um, we've got Bio Racer this year, Castelli last, and they're both super. Mm. It's actually I actually find it more comfortable. Even in um, training? No, never in training. Mm. Just because look like a bit of a knob walking into the calf yeah. in a suit, don't you? <laughs> but racing always, racing always. If and when you win the world championships one day, are you going to don the full Chippo getup, white nicks, helmet, gloves, socks, bike, everything? Just go. You know what? I'm champ. Let's do it. I mean, it's never going to happen, but one can always dream, right? So. <laughs> yeah. uh, if I won it, fuck it. I just go full gas, everything white, just yes. over the top, over the top, you know, like white, everything. Just go to town with it. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to food, rice or pasta? Pasta. Normal breakfast or are you one of those guys that does like dinner for breakfast, you know, like has the pasta in the morning and, you know, the omelette mixed in and all rice and, you know, that sort of thing. Get even like a Rogan Josh happening. Or are you like a actual, I'm going to, it's breakfast time. I'm going to have like pancakes and cereal and normal breakfast. I'm, I probably used to be a bit of a pasta for breakfast type guy, but now more traditional. Yeah. Usually your oats, your toast, your eggs. Just now it's more, let's keep it real. Yeah. Feels right, doesn't it? Yeah. Favorite race food, that one piece of food, you walk into the bus, you walk down the back of the bus, you pack in your pockets and you go, oh, yeah, right. Hello. We're sponsored by SES, so that's obviously, that's good stuff. And then we use the rice cakes, which is all stock standard stuff. But probably we still have quite a lot of the old school food as well. Like we still have rice tarts and stuff like mm. this. Something like that, you know, because they get it from a Belgian bakery and a bit more old school traditional stuff. So like a nice flan or something. We, yeah. we, still, we still get stuff like that in some races. So I got a bit of a sweet tooth or something like that. It's nice when you get to that point of the race, you put in the pocket for when the break goes, you know, you're not going to eat yeah. that in the hard race bit. It's just, it's when the break goes food, isn't it? You're Same like- Same with a can of Coke, right? Yeah. Like you get that in the feed zone and you might put it in your pocket and just wait for a little gentle downhill and you pop it open. Oh, it's great, isn't it? It's I, don't know, like, I don't know if it's good for you or not, but it's just nice, nice, isn't it? It's a shame when that moment never really happens and you have to sort of force it in and just try and enjoy it while you're sort of suffering. <laughs> it explodes on over your legs <laughs> and you're throbbing coke. Are you a coffee stop guy or not when you go out training? I can't remember the last time I went on my bike and didn't stop for a coffee. Wow. Certainly not, I don't think, this... Actually, I say that, the answer to that question is yesterday because it was absolutely pissing down. Mm. But under normal circumstances, every single ride I go on, I have to stop. It's 
but I don't feel like I've done a ride if it doesn't incorporate a good a brew stop. What, yeah. do you, what do you get when you stop? Are you a sweet man? You're a savory man? You get a sandwich? You get something, you know, a bit of cake? Um, if I'm on a long ride, like a proper ride, I'll I'll have go savory, like I'll have a sanger or something. Mm. Um, just eat a bit less on the bike and just say you got four hours and you stop mm. after two and a half or you got five hours, you stop after three. I'll have a proper sandwich and uh, go savory. But if you're on a shorter ride like we did today, just your standard coffee and little sort of, slice of cake or something. Yeah, something yeah. a little sweet. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, it's good. What sort of coffee are you? Are you espresso man or you like to get the filter going? What's your coffee? Man? What's your Do you know what? I'm probably a bit different to a lot of the cyclists here. I'm not mad into the coffee. Mm. I like the guys we're with here are mad for it. You'll have machines and grinders and this and that. You're an instant man. Just straight up give it yeah, to me. Yeah. I mean, at home, I've got an espresso pod machine. I'll probably get killed for saying that. Mm. I've got Nescaf Gold. Nice. But normally I just have a cup of tea in the morning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, for sure, if I go to the cafe, I'll I like nice cappuccino or something but uh yeah it seems to be a thing in cycling they're mad for it aren't they that's no it's not especially on the races no i keep it real yeah cup of tea tell me about this we've all gone into those periods those lockdown periods it's time to strip weights time to you know turn the screws and you get to that point where you've done like a massive ride you've done a big block and you want to treat you treat yourself what's that cheat meal where you go you know what that's it i'm having it today's the day i know i shouldn't but i deserve this what's that one meal you go for full indian Ooh. Full Indian, yeah, that's my uh, that's my go-to. Probably just go with a few people and rather than having one dish, you just kind of, you know, fill the table with food and dive in. Yeah. A um, couple of beers, wash it down. I like a bit of spice. So, uh, you know, something with a bit of a kick as well thrown in there. Um, well, like a vindaloo? Maybe not quite that type of calibre. Get a yeah. bit of naan, garlic yeah. naan. Garlic naan, um, peshwari naan, mushroom rice, chicken tikka, rogan josh, uh, dan zak. You know them ones? No. <laughs> the last one I didn't know. No, the rest Zach. I did, yeah. Chicken Dan Zach. Yeah. yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, let's move on to rituals. Crosswinds or mountains? Come on. <laughs> Crosswinds. Well, Dylan, I couldn't believe it. He said uh, mountains. Didn't expect him to really? say that. Yeah. What's wrong with him? Don't know. Sick. Well, he climbs a lot better than me, to be fair to him. Training or racing? Racing. Best and worst roommate? Best, Ben Swift. Uh, most organized man in the world. Mm. Like... Yeah, but does that make you feel bad though sometimes? It's too organised? Um, you feel really messy and you know, I don't know what time we're going or yeah. it's just nice for you? No, because he's quite chilled and I've known him for so long. I'm rooming with him here and one side of the room mm. is like pristine. One side of the room is not so pristine. But like he made me a cup of tea this morning. Mm. What a man, you know? That's the type of room. Like you woke up and he was standing there. Really? Yeah, pretty much. And gave me a cup of tea with a pack of biscuits. <laughs> Sounds like but your butler. That's how I was greeted this morning. <laughs> What a man. Uh, worst, probably someone who snores. Do you know what? Stannard, I used to room with, get put with him a lot as well because we got on well. But actually, he was a terrible roommate because he snored like yeah. an absolute truck. Lovely bloke, salt of the earth, great guy. But What was your tactic? Get to sleep first? Just throw a pillow at him if he starts snoring. <laughs> or, oh, yeah. Bus or car? You know, the DS comes in and he's like, all right, guys, you know, we've got to get a couple guys back, you know, quickly. And, you know, who's going in the cars? Luke, Luke, I see you're ready out of the showers. You ready to go in the car? Are you like, yeah, sweet, great. Or you're like, no, I'm like, I'm going to stay here. Even <laughs> if it takes me an extra hour to get back, I'm happy on the bus <laughs> all day. Which seat do you sit on the bus? Do you have your preferred seat that you go to every time? What is it? Yeah, we got five seats down the left and four on the right. So I'm left side bang in the middle. Does everyone know that's your seat and they stay well away from it? That's my turf. That's my turf. Don't fuck with it. Both buses are exactly the same? Both buses are identical, yeah. 
Have, does your bus have seat labels where the bus driver yes. just... It does? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so the bus driver just instantly yeah, puts there. row there. It's there. My wet bags are there. Helmets are there. Yeah. That's, but quite a few guys are like that. Yeah. They've got their own place. It's nice. Yeah, I think most people have places. And then you've got the you know, the gypsies that sort yeah. of just... When just someone rope. pulls out of a tour, you know, they're like straight in there. It's like, I jumped yeah. straight in his grave, yeah. mate. Yeah, it didn't take you long. Like, G is always directly behind me. Creato is always directly in front of me. Stanard was always right at the back. Like, yeah, it's just... Mm. We're a bit OCD cyclists, aren't we? So Everyone likes this, right? Yeah, yeah, that's it, yeah. Let's talk a bit of culture. Favourite rider of all time? I'd either go Bartley or... I might even say Boonen, even though mm. even though we raced with him. So you, you know, okay. you'd normally say someone before, but you, you struggle to find a classier bloke, right? And what he did in his career, I mean, the Palmares speaks for himself, mm. but- But it was the way he rode. It was the, the way bunch. he did it. He was, he was just, just oozed class. Um, I think he probably got a bit more credibility for your choice if you actually got to experience riding with the person. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and like, for all I know, Bartoli could be an absolute wanker because I've yeah. never met him. You, know? you can only just see from the he's exterior. Just, yeah. yeah. But with Tom, you can vouch for he's an amazing rider and he's an amazing bloke. So mm. one of them too. What about favorite rider right now? Not in my team. Yeah. See, from. You can say in your team or whatever. I mean, I think you have to. I'll go outside of my team. I think you have to. Um, the obvious picks, Wout van Aert and. Uh, Boggy, mm. Bogger car. I think you have to tip your hat to them guys just because, not because they win, because the way they win. They, you know, like Pogger car, he's just got, just mm. got big balls on it, you know, like rewind to when we were winning Grand Tours, like it was effective what we did and we rode relatively, not as calculated as people make out, but relatively calculated and controlled. Where Poggy, he just ripped the rule book up and yeah. just goes, he doesn't give a shit. Um, so the way he wins as well as what he wins, I think you have to, Give him a lot of credit for. And then Van Aert is just... Um, it's a package, isn't he? He's exciting to watch. You yeah. can't get away from that, even though, you know, he's a pain in the ass to race against because he always makes you look like a, like a fourth car in comparison. <laughs> but um, the problem, credit where credit's due, right? And exactly, he breaks down all those stereotypes that I like to build up. Well, I look, I'm a heavier guy. That's why right. I can't climb. It's like, well, hang on. He's yeah. just like climbing with the best 10 guys, yeah. you know? And these two guys, if they're on the start line, they're there to win. You never mm. see them pull up to a race going, I know he's myself into this. You know, I, I won last weekend. I don't care about this. Week. They're, they, they're hungry, <laughs> you know? They're just ferocious. Best moment in a race. So the race starts and you go, oh, I just love that neutral zone or I love when the brake finally goes or it's finally one kilometer go. You're like, yes, I've made it. What's that bit for you in a race where you go, I actually love this bit. Probably crossing the finish line. <laughs> the rest of it's a bit of shit. Um, oh, the best part. Yeah, I mean, the neutral's terrible, isn't it? It's nothing... You I look really at some old videos of the old neutral zones. They looked amazing. Yeah. No one was even near the car. Yeah. They were just yeah. rolling around having a chat. Yeah. No, it's one of the most dangerous parts. Yeah. And it's, well, on the right day, on the right given day. Um, but best part... There's not much to enjoy other than when you cross the finish line, mate. What about for you when it's sort of like you can smell the crosswinds happening and that feeling of nervousness and you know you can handle yourself? I forgot about that. The best Mm. part is not that moment, but once, if it is a crosswind, the moment it's split in and you're in the front and you just like have a little glance around your shoulder and you just see like three, four echelons. like, oh yeah. Yeah. 
It just gives you, it's yeah. hard, but you know, it's not as hard as Once back you've there. made it though, yeah. the run up to a crosswind section, as you know, is pretty yeah. nervous. It's not that nice. You're sprint, aren't you? It's horrible. And you're always thinking, I could actually get flicked here. It's not actually my ability. Yeah. Just get the wrong and side the of the wheel. Are, more time, you know, there's only enough for 20 guys in the front echelon. So yeah. the odds are, you know, you shouldn't be there mm. every time. So, um, you got more to lose than gain. So, but once you made it, it's a great feeling. Isn't it? mm. Worst partner race, same idea. When the race in a big, in a big, one of the grandies, kilometer zero, and you start straight up on big mountain. It's, I mean, that's a really good call. It's just shit. I yeah, think. it is. And if it's up and down all day, you know, if I get dropped here, you know, I'm in trouble. Yeah, yeah. Probably them days are quite daunting for yeah. for a lot for a large percentage of the peloton. They're they're scary. That's yeah favorite kit of all time and I actually it's more favorite team of all time it could be the kit and the roster like the riders as well but you could go you know I really love that kit didn't really like that team or vice versa you know I really love that team but the kit was not great or it could be a combination of both okay I've got a combination um quite a simple one for me I go fast about Fasa Bartolo oh wow um, yeah the kit was class wasn't it they had these Pinarellos I think they have the Mavic Cosmics. They had mm. the nice white handlebar and saddle. They had the Giro helmet. Mm. I think they had DMT shoes even. And Pataki. Them lead outs for Pataki mm. kind of stick in my head. You know, they they would, unlike how you can do it now, but they'd hit the front like 10K to go, mm. nine blokes. And they were just, just they were just dominant. Yeah. It was the next move on from the Chipo lead outs, wasn't it? Right, yeah. Yeah. It was and just, also the riders they had, you know. Yeah. Pataki, Fletcher, Fabian, mm. Juan Antonio you know the list goes on but it's a bit it's a very common choice when this question Pizzato. came Pizzato, you know, they, yeah. they were a classy mm. outfit and the kit you know was sleek do you know what Fasa Botolo is is it gas I think it's concrete it could be gas <laughs> no liquid gas is obviously gas Nick um, I, think, I think it's building material someone's going to butcher me now when they no no this. they'll butcher me for saying gas yeah <laughs> we'll go with building material cobbles or gravel cobbles gravel I'm going to get butchered for saying this. It doesn't have a sp- place in the sport. It's mm. a different discipline. You like track and road is not the same discipline. Gravel and road is not the same discipline. Are you pro- get are it away from the sport. You're proposing that we don't finish in the velodrome anymore, Rubai. No, 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 no. That's different. That's different. The velodrome's <laughs> there for life. That's got to stay. But uh, yeah, cobbles. Gravel is has no place. All right. Last, last topic about you. Headphones or no headphones when you're out riding? Back similar answer to where we said about stopping for a coffee. I can't remember the last time I rode my bike on my own. I always meet someone. Mm. I hate riding on my own. Um, you might even not be a pro, might be an amateur, whatever, but I'm always with someone. So I'd only really use headphones if I was doing efforts or something, which isn't that often. So, uh, no. Most of the time, no, no headphones. Do you read books or watch Netflix when you're at the hotel on your own? Netflix. Um, never been a bookman. Can't get into it. What are you watching? What's something worth watching? Uh, what did we watch the other day? Woodstock. You oh, seen that? No. So the Woodstock Festival. Uh, oh, I had say that was good. Appa- apparently, there's an original version on HBO, which is even more gruesome oh, than really? that. Yeah, it's pretty intense. Eh? Makes you feel a bit sick. That how it that? all unfolded. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first episode and a half is like, oh, well, that's pretty loose. And then when it turned into what actually unfolded, pretty gruesome. Yeah. yeah. BWS, beer, wine, or spirits? What's your poison of choice? Beer. 
Um, nice. Yeah, and not even anything too out there. I'm quite just a simple lager or a simple, not too. What about a traditional ale? Yeah, I mean the right one I mm. can enjoy, or an IPA, but not the dark stuff. Quite a light IPA. Yeah, I don't mind a. a more proper, like a brew dog a proper, or something. Yeah, I don't mind a brew dog. Yeah. C C C. Cheese, chocolate, or cake. I thought you were going to say crisps. Cheese, chocolate, okay. Ah, uh, cheese. Yeah, cheese. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't beat that Christmas yeah. cheese board with a glass of pork, can you? That's pretty punchy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Some nice chutney on the side. Fire on. That's my scene. It's yeah. a good convo. Yeah, yeah. Favorite training, uh, cross training exercise. Do you do anything else than ride a bike? Not really. Not really. Um, very minimal other than riding my bike. Uh, my dad boxes two, three times a week, and I've been with him a few times. Yeah, right. Um, How do you go I, on the jump rope? Me, terrible. He's all right at it. Yeah? Yeah, but uh, I just went a few times with him, and I did a little bit as a junior uh, in the winter, and that's... But it's it's more like from the angle of like a keep fit class, really. Like yeah. you start, you turn up, you go for a run, you're on the bag. It's not about punching a bloke in the face. It's just that buzz of being able to punch a bloke in the face, but <laughs> I quite enjoy, quite enjoyed that. Um, probably do a little bit of that. Yeah, nice. In Cardiff. Um, you probably need it in your back pocket around Cardiff too, wouldn't you? Yeah, that and a knife. Perfect. <laughs> 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 All right. Now, everyone's got one of these war stories. It's one of those days where you just go, oh, that bloody day. Typically, a Giro has a good war story. Mm. You know, and the Tour, I'm assuming, has one too. You know, classics, they produce a good one. Could be even a big training day. What is it? Yeah, I think I've been asked this a few times, like hardest day and whatever. And for me, it was tour started in Germany in 16 or 17. Mm, 16, 17 anyway. You'll know the crash I'm talking about. It's in the rain, super mm. right-hand run around about. And like G in the yellow jersey crashes through me, Bardet. And there's that picture of them sliding on their ass. Yeah. Well, I went down in that as well. Um, broke a couple of ribs and that was on the first stage. And then we were about maybe a week in. Lillian Kalmajan won the stage and I was in a group of five guys pretty much the whole day. We made the time cut by 30 seconds or something. <laughs> it was me, Renshaw, Tim Wellens, who got fried in the heat, um, Damar and two of his teammates. There were six of us and yeah, that was, uh, it was... Everyone was grim there. We were all cross-eyed. It was like yeah. 150k to go and we were dropped and you know where you think, right, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to make this. Yeah. But I'll ride to the finish. I'll ride to the finish. If I make it, I make it. If I don't, I don't. Similar thing happened last year in the Tour in Vont 2. Yeah. And I was like, well, I'm not climbing off, but I'll get to the finish and see what happens. I missed it by two minutes. That Actually, that day's up there as well, but I'll go for the 2016 Tour one. What was the sort of vibe between the riders there that day? No talking, just swapping off? Not much talking. I think we would, you know... Renshaw was there and he kept, he, he was actually really good. He kept saying, guys, I've been here a hundred times. Like I haven't been in that much of a hole that often, but he was like, guys, just, just keep riding. Just keep riding. And, and we'll make it. Yeah. Well, well, it's two options. You make it or you don't. Yeah. We go from here to the finish as fast as we can. We make it or we don't. But uh, yeah, we made it by less than a minute. Oh, he's like, see, told yeah, you. I told you boys. Been there a hundred times. Quick maths. <laughs> Last question, mate. 
why do you love riding a bike? What's the thing that you love about it? You know, why do you keep getting back out there, suffering, getting through those days, and next mm. thing you know, you're back out training on a long day? What's that one thing that you love about riding? Good question. I think it's... Uh, do you know what? I, I don't actually love training. Um, mm. I just love racing. I just love racing. If I could like get rid of all the winter training and replace it with racing, it'd be better. I right. don't... I don't and, I don't get a buzz out of training at all. I don't, I hate doing efforts. Yeah. I just like going out in a group and riding. It's, you know, you get to the bottom of a climb now and everyone does a lap on their Garmin. And yeah. I hate it. But then I just live for the racing. I get a buzz off it. It's exciting. You know, one day it's just right turn up, all on the line, you know, shit or bust type atmosphere. One mm. day or a stage race, like a one week stage race is nice, isn't it? I just get such a buzz off the racing. The training doesn't excite me at all. Mm. I, like, I actually dislike it. Mm. But yeah, I just live for the racing. What are you going to do when you decide to hang the wheels up? Well, are you going to keep riding then? Because you're not going to have racing then. Yeah, I think I'll... It's, I think it's different when you're doing you know, 20, 22, 24 hours a week and, and you have to ride mm. as opposed to like what you were saying before, you know, you do 10 hours a week now. I could really get into that and enjoy mm. that. You know, you're going out two hours you ride to the calf, you stop, have a chop off with the mates on the way home, quite relaxed, mm. for the sign on the way home. Just that you vibe. Just, you join a bunch ride and however long the bunch yeah. goes for is the yeah. ride. That's you don't even nice. need a head unit to no, record. No, you don't. Like, that would be the first thing that changes on my bike is that goes. Yeah. Maybe I shouldn't say that, but it's, it's there now. Um, yeah, and just be... I'll always ride my bike. Yeah. I'll always ride my bike, but just with a bit less vengeance. Awesome, mate. Well, thanks very much for coming on. Thanks for having me, mate. Appreciate it. Awesome. Well, you can almost say we saved the best till last. Luke Rowe, a true pro. I loved hearing his insights into Talking Luft because that's where Talking Luft sort of came from. It's just about hearing about all the intricate things about what the pros do, all the little silly things that I like to ask this or that and I hope it gives you guys a little bit more insight to what the right style is or what the right thing is to eat or drink or whatever it is you know talking loft this is the sign out I will see you guys next year before we go some thank yous a big thanks goes out to Will Jones who has been the producer of all these episodes this year the main editor who puts all these episodes together he gets all that raw content that i send him somehow pieces it together to make these great episodes i've loved working with him thank you will and i'm sure everyone out there is going to agree with me he's done an amazing job this year lara durbridge who has worked with me the last five years of the podcast has been amazing this year doing all the work she does behind the scenes, the merchandise, all the stuff you see in the emails, all the website stuff, everything behind the scenes, coming up with episodes ideas, giving me great editing notes on the episodes. She is an integral part to the puzzle of Life in the Peloton. So a big thanks goes out to her this year. But last, but definitely not least, Rafa. We couldn't have done it without them this year and I was so happy to have them on board. And as you know, I love just working with them too. Guys, a big thanks goes out to you for listening. Stay tuned and I look forward to hearing from you and tuning in next year. Cheers. The music in this episode was composed by Pete Shelley. Cheers, mate.